What is going on, y'all? It's your boy Tyler, back for another episode of the Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable Dynasty perspective. Today, we got a banger of an episode for you, talking rookie ADP, right in time from the Combine this week. Um, actually, I think the Combine's technically happening right now, but we're recording this on March 2nd, a Thursday, so the players that we care about for fantasy haven't done what we care about yet, so it's right before the Combine hits. Anyways, it's an ADP episode, a rookie ADP episode. What does that mean? Well, over here at JWB, we've been running mocks since the beginning of January, tracking the data. I mean, shit, I think we've cleared over 50 mocks, uh, rookie mocks at this point in time, uh, all pre-combine mo rookie mocks. So part of what makes this data great, in my opinion, is it's not just JWB subscribers or supporters. You know, we're grabbing folks from Twitter, we're grabbing folks from our Discord, we're grabbing folks from Reddit. Everyone, everywhere in between is jumping in these mocks, so it's not just like this Twitter echo chamber you know, pushing players up in the mocks. We got people from Reddit. We know people from Reddit. We know people from Twitter. They're different. So I think this is a good representation of the market. Um, you know, the, and the mocks will continue to roll. So this is just like a, a culmination of sorts of our pre-combine ADP. But even during the combine, after the combine, heck, even right now, we are still running mocks out of our Discord. So if you want to get in there, be a part of these rookie mocks, the link will be in the description below. But it's not just mocks in Discord. We're chatting ball 24-7, it seems. Trades, free agency, dynasty, best ball, come through the Discord. we got a bunch of fun stuff going on. Um, so anyways, like I said, we got all this good rookie ADP data. Um, my thought is we've got to have somebody come on and dissect it, tear it apart. Where did we go right? Where did we go wrong? Uh, one of the first guys that, that came to mind is my man Dallas. Uh, we both make content over the Dynasty War Zone. I do DFS stuff, but uh, naturally, uh, Dallas does rookie stuff. Um, he specifically does something called the Rookie Rundown, where he talks about rookies. A lot of people, we talk about rookies and Dynasty, you know, a couple months out of the year. This is this is what Dallas does all year round. He, he lives, breathes, and eats rookies coming into the league. So I figured this would be perfect to have him on. Um, my man does a rookie rundown at Dynasty Warzone. Dallas, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. Yeah, as you said, I, uh, you know, eat, sleep, breathe rookies, basically. Um, about 24, 7, 3, 6, 5. That's my thing. I love college football. Love uh, kind of the entrance exam that happens with a lot of these players coming into their first years and just kind of tracking their progress, following trends, etc. This year is definitely a... Uh, a divisive year for a lot of people. So I'm excited to talk about a lot of prospects tonight. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into it. He has the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I like I'm I'm in for death, taxes, and the 2022 water receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skylar. No player is completely untouchable. I think you guys really I had not I have not really heard this yet. I listened to a lot of pods and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. All right, so let's start with the first round here, ADP. Uh, I know that you know we're, we're going to be streaming a video here, so we're going to have our ADP up. So I'm going to do my best to make sure that I'm reading things off for those that just got this going on Spotify or whatever you're reading on just a podcast if you're just listening instead of reading. So the way that we have the ADP shaking down, 50-plus mocks, all pre-combine, Bijan Robinson, 101, Bryce Young, 102, CZ Shroud, 103, uh, JSN, 104, Jameer Gibbs, 105, Quinton Johnson, 106, Jordan Addison, 107, Anthony Richardson, 108, Will Levis, 109, Zach Charbonnet, 110, Keishan Boutte, 111, and 112, Zach Evans. I'm not going to read it again, but if you see it, you can see it. If you're not, that was just a little bonus for y'all. But this is what we got the ADP for the first round, the first 12 picks. 
you know, when you look at these these 12 players in this order, uh, Dallas, what is the first thing that jumps out to you? Whether it be like good, a value, spot on, what is the first thing that jumps out to you out of these first 12 here? Uh, I would say the first thing that jumps out to me specifically would be uh, I, probably Kayshawn Boutte yep. um, at 11. And I know it's just at 11. It's the back end of the first. You can't really talk about locks and loaded picks when you're picking, you know, in playoff contention, those last four seeds from nine to 12. But um, it's just rich right now from a guy that has probably the most questions out of any of the wide receivers in this draft class. Um it's a guy that I, I like his yard after catch ability, but for me right now, he, he's very much uh, kind of like a Justin Ross prospect, both from like a film mm-hmm. aspect and from an in, like an actual analytic profile. He had a breakout phenomenal freshman season at LSU and hasn't really lived up to the hype since. Um, wasn't injury related like Justin Ross's was. It was more so off the field and weird coaching staff issues. But him being there as the consensus one, two, three, four wide receiver four, um, it, it's a little rich with some of the guys that I like quite a bit higher than him right now in the draft process. Yeah, he, he's, he seems to be divisive because, like you know, I I'm not into rookies as much as you don't year round. But I played Devi, I played Campus to Canton, and I felt like last year, like people were making the decision. You know, is it JSN or Boutte as the number one wide receiver overall? That was an actual contention. They were like the one, two. Uh, Obviously expecting like a a big year out of Kayshawn didn't really happen. Um, You know, real quick, just voiceover, like what what did happen this last year for Boutte to have this bit of a slide from being uh, talked about in the same tier in the same sentence as JSN? I think it has more more so to do with the 2021 season than the 2022 season, if I'm being 100% honest with you. the LSU drop-off after Burrow was drastic and immediate, and that is something that doesn't really get talked about a lot when you're talking about some of the prospects that are going in and out of there, but they had a lot of guys transferring in and out. took them a while to get the quarterback situation figured out, went through two down years, and then you go into the transition from 2021 to 2022. You talked about the debate with JSN and Boutte. Um that's really only a debate for guys that have been super on Boutte for a long time because okay. after watching the 2021 season with JSN, if you didn't have JSN as your wide receiver one coming in to 2022, I don't know what you were doing because that dude <laughs> broke college football from the wide receiver. He broke high school football too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He broke everything. It didn't yeah. matter. But yeah. um, it, it's one of those things where LSU always felt a little bit weird um, the Ogeron transition period was a little bit weird. They're finally finding their footing a little bit, but the offense really wasn't anything like what it was when Kayshawn signed on his freshman year. Um, there's a couple of young guys rotating in there in the wide receiver core that are a little bit better at separating specifically. And on the outside, um, Kayshawn played a lot of his snaps from the slot, which is one of the big you know, mm-hmm. question marks of what he would actually do. I would argue he can play pretty much anywhere due to his size, speed, makeup. Um, but he was also dealing with some lower extremity issues. There was just a compounding couple of different issues that kind of piled onto Boucher. Um, Boutet, not Boucher. Sorry, I went uh, straight water boy there for a second. Bobby, Bobby. Bobby Boucher. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Boucher there for a second. But uh, with Boutet to where I, I still like him, I watching him on film, not looking at analytics, not looking at the overall like overall prospect profile. When you watch Boutte's tape, his good plays are better than pretty much everyone's great plays in the class at the wide receiver position. Um, His 
yak ability is nuts specifically his acceleration to get through very tight corridors once he has the ball in his hands very good but like i said doesn't separate very well he's not the absolute biggest um he's about six foot probably going to come in at around 205 if i had to guess which is very respectable slot size Mm -hmm. Um, but he doesn't have insane metrics for speed height weight anything like that um and he doesn't really have the production profile so that's just kind of where my question marks come in when i'm talking about Boutte compared to some of the other guys in that range and and I do want to before I keep going here, just make sure Claire didn't know uh, say it before. Is this you know this more so for the listeners? Is this is super flex. We're talking super flex here. We're talking two QB ADP. Your single QB. It's going to change a little bit. You can kind of like remove the quarterbacks and get a good rankings here. But just wanted to make that clear as we move forward here. My next real question for you here. Um, it's going to be around Bijan Robinson. And you know I think I'm not here to question Bijan Robinson's greatness, generational. We know how amazing he is. I think my real question for you, though, is regardless of your team makeup and dynasty, is Bijan the locked 101? Because my opinion of it is, is like, Bijan is great. He's like a Saquon Barkley-esque, in my opinion, kind of, you know, once every four or five years, we get this kind of running back. But at the same time, like, you can't ignore the value of Superflex, right? That quarterback um, value can hold value for what, you know, 10, 12 years when running backs, maybe four to five. So mm-hmm. my question is for you is no matter you know, what your team makeup is, is Bijan a lock or should like you kind of take a look at your team and see how you're building to maybe take Bryce or CJ Stroud? The ADP will say, like says essentially you're taking Bijan no matter what. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, just talking from the number standpoint, I was kind of I'm not shocked because everyone's talking about it, but I think there should be some kind of standard deviation happening with Bijan at number one overall. Um, Just for me, philosophically, how I do my dynasty teams and super flex, unless you're rocking a team somehow miraculously with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and like Joe Burrow on it, absolutely no reason you shouldn't be taking one of Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, most likely at the 101 for me. I get different flavors of ice cream. One's vanilla, one's pistachio neither one of them is like super enthralling with a big arm or anything like that but i mean both of them are very solid prospects this quarterback class is very interesting to me because the top two guys for some reason people are trying to nitpick and find reasons not to have them as the qb one and two in this class Mm -hmm. when they're far and beyond the quarterback one and two in this class from a production standpoint and experience standpoint um quarterback should be the first overall pick if you're not afraid of bryce Young's size bryce young should be your number one overall pick if you are afraid of bryce Young's size cj stroud should probably be your number one overall pick because those two guys aren't making it past four and so then at that point you're getting top four capital at least three years of that and then even leaning into the other two guys that i hate at the quarterback position and will levitz and anthony richardson them going 108 and 109 if you're a diehard anthony richardson fan all you're seeing is Lamar Jackson. You're seeing what could have been basically with this profile, this type of athleticism, you're hoping for a Cam Newton or a Lamar Jackson. If you're that into him and you're going to take him in the first round, why is he not going higher than 108? Or, yeah, 108 in this situation. It's just one of those cases where it's like, fundamentally, if you're in on these guys, you shouldn't be waiting on them. Uh, The closest thing to like a Danny Dimes prospect, which was probably the first quarterback in – the last like six or so years that got pushed into the second round that people probably shouldn't have been pushing into the second round just from him actually getting high draft capital, mm-hmm. but not being a sexy pick. Um, it, 
it's just that same kind of concept with Will Levitz. I understand why he's there. If you're in on Anthony Richardson, he should be higher. I kind of get why he's at 108, though, because there's a lot of people like me who are out on him versus people that are super yeah. high on him. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm not a Bijan locked and loaded at 101. I wouldn't be taking Bijan at 101 because for the same reasoning, if Bryce Young becomes Kyler Murray at a point before the injury, before probably the last year, you go back one calendar year, you probably could have gotten Saquon Barkley and – Tua Tungavailoa for yep. Kyle Murray without even blinking, which yep. is what you would be asking for with trading a yep. guy like Bryce. And, and Kyler Murray right now is going ahead of Bijan in rookie in like startups. You know, they're exactly. the same. They're the same spots, and he has a that twenty. Exact same thing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like the value holds. So I, I appreciate that because you know I, that's something I've been wrestling with a lot, and I've been you know hearing a little bit here and there is like you know Bijan the hype is in, insane and rightly so, but you got to think of the theory behind Superflex. Um, yeah. and, and Bijan just interesting there. So, um, and, uh, will you tell me, is this tight end premium as well? Let's say it is certainly, okay. I believe we are doing, uh, actually, you know what? I don't think it is. It is not tight end premium. Just Michael Mayer making it past 12 and a tight end premium. It is not tight end premium. It's not happening. So yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's good to point that out before yeah. we move to the, um, the second round here, any, any final thoughts on, uh, the first round, you kind of touched on Richardson and Levis. Where it's, I think it's interesting because like we see Anthony Richardson, it is high at second overall, but slipping to fourteen, and we see Levis is high overall at one hundred five, but then slipping to the twentieth pick. Um, I, that's just not surprising, just considering the opinions on them. But do you want to touch on the quarterbacks a little bit more? Is there another player in there that surprises you where they're at, or is it a mistake or something in in the right uh, spot? At this point in the ADP offseason realm, there's not a lot at the back end that will really shock me overall. I just think Boutte is a little rich. Um, I am surprised that as of right now, Charbonnet is RB3 in this class for the majority because I am, I've am i been screaming Charb's name since beginning of last offseason, telling people he should have came out now. He's going back. Don't sleep on his name just because he's a senior. I get it. I have him as RB3 in my own personal rankings. But there's a guy that's not in the running back group right now that I'm seeing. And then Zach Evans as RB4 at this point is kind of shocking to me with how much flack he's getting from a lot of people and the overall media. Um, he's screams Isaiah Spiller from last year for me when it comes to what's realistically going to happen with him. Um, so it, the back three, I think are the most interesting out of the top 12 for me. Yeah. I think things shift a lot though. No doubt. I mean, Zach oh, yeah. is definitely, like, there's like a group of running backs in that range. I think that can, you know, you can make the case for all of them here and there. So with that said, let's, let's jump down to this second round. And I think, um, just knowing you Dallas, it makes a lot of sense for us to, to start off here at the two one at Sean Tucker, who I believe you have as your RB two in the class. I've seen him as low as RB eight and nine in some rankings. You know, I think things get, things get, get a little divisive around Sean Tucker and what people think of Tucker. Um, I was trying to find, I think like some, I was looking at something that had him at RB. I, I, I'm not at RB two with you, but yeah. I, I, he's a, he's a top four guy for me. I like two Oh one. It's a good range for him. I think there's like, um, you know, some scheme fits that would go well, but like watching the guy play the, the tapes electric, he seems to be able to almost do it all. Um, you know, it comes in at around 210 pounds. I think things are going to be great for him. Um, I'm going to leave the Sean Tucker stuff though for you. He's your RB two. Talk to me a little bit about Sean Tucker at two Oh one. Yeah, uh, this is blasphemous for me. Uh, that was the first thing I saw as I saw the top 12, and I didn't see Sean Tucker in it. Uh, RB2 right now. 
Um, not even an analytics guy, but for all of you analytics heads out there, if you want a good breakdown of why analytically you should absolutely love Sean Tucker, um, my boy JJZ with the late round podcast, um, very good breakdowns from an analytic standpoint, um, basically breaks down the running back class with the studs. So two-year producers as top 12 running backs in the NFL, what their averages were from a collegiate production standpoint profile. The only running back in the class, sorry, there's two running backs in this class that meet the average threshold of those. I think it was like 26 running backs, basically, that were classified as studs from a fantasy standpoint. Mm-hmm. In the NFL. One of them is Sean Tucker. Can you guess the other one? Bijan. Nope. Mm. I'll give you a hint. The color of my room. Purple. Kendry Miller. <laughs> Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. Deuce Those Vaughn? are the only two running backs to hit the threshold. People do not understand the production level that Deuce Vaughn has done. He has over 3,500 rushing yards in three years at K-State. Receiving yards on top of that, like another 1,800, I think, something close to that. Mm-hmm. Absolute monster. Bijan didn't even hit all of the stud thresholds because of his touchdown production share. Okay. Uh, those two running backs are absolutely insane from an analytics standpoint. I'm not an analytics guy. I'm a film guy. There is not a single running back in this class and maybe two wide receivers in this class that are as fast or faster than what we're going to get from Sean Tucker. He is coming in. He's going to come in basically right at that five, nine and a half pushing five, 10 range height wise. He is going to run in the four threes and he's coming in at 200 and probably 15 to 220 yeah. pounds, that range. That's insane. Like he he's basically coming in from the same physical standpoint of what we saw from Brees Hall last year, Kenneth Walker, but he's probably going to run even faster. Those guys were high four threes. Yeah. He's projected mid to low four threes. And he can, and he can catch. And, and yeah, his receiving profile is insane. People will talk about how, yes, he took a slight downtick from a stat counting standpoint. His efficiency was still better in 2022 than it was in 2021 from a per touch basis. You got to remember, he plays at Syracuse and he's going up against a lot of better teams than what Syracuse is putting mm-hmm. out on the football field. And he, when I, you look at the running back class outside of Bijan, every other person has a question mark in the running back class. It, from either production, from film, from effort, from off the field concerns, everything like that, except for Bijan and Sean Tucker. So for me, blasphemous not to have him in the top 12. I understand if you don't want to crown him as your RB2, like I have him there, but like the same people that have him at like RB8, RB9 in this class have like Roshan Johnson as their RB5 who put up like 300 career rushing yards. And I'm sitting there like, what? Or, or, or like Eric Gray's or something like that. Uh, or Ty, or Ty J Spears. Do not get me started on Eric Gray. <laughs> I swear. That's just Debbie. That's, that's hopium is what we call that. People in the Debbie space who just refuse to accept what they've seen for four years. <laughs> but yeah, that's my biggest thing with Tucker. All right. Anyways, let's continue in, in, in the second round here. Um, what sticks out to you? What is, what is, who should be here, shouldn't be here? Like, what does not fit here? 
this is exactly where Josh Downs is going to go, and I'm going to have so much Josh Downs this year. It's like Jahan Dotson. It reminds me of Jahan Dotson last yes. year where like everyone was taking him around the 203, but I could get him at 112, and I was thrilled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I just had a conversation in the DWZ Patreon about this, how everyone was talking about Rashad White's draft, how they're trying to flip him now or trying to acquire him after the Fournette news from this year of him getting cut by Tampa Bay. And it's the same profile from an athletic profile, from a production profile in college on a power five powerhouse, kind of of a team for football with kind of what we've seen from a guy like Josh Downs. It's the exact same thing that we saw with Jahad Dotson, who was a senior. And it's the exact same thing as we saw from Elijah Moore, who was a senior, but they're basically clones. When you look at them on the field, if you need a quick twitch slot receiver who's going to come in at basically 5'10", 180 to 185, who can knock pretty much anyone out of their shoes in zone coverage, you, you're done. Like, you're done with that. And this is my classic profile where I'm like, okay, I'm going to fall for this guy every time. But for me, that's where he's going to go. I'm going to love it. Um, going down the list a little bit more uh, – there's going to be some fluctuation a little bit. I'm shocked kind of that Rasheed Rice is only at the 210. Um, he, he's been getting a lot of buzz, specifically leading up to the senior bowl and then immediately following the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some question marks about his projected size because he was supposed to come in at that 6'2 range. He was actually only six foot. So shame on you, SMU, for lying on your uh, statue <laughs> there. But uh, no, I mean, the second round is going to be littered with just you pick your flavor of ice cream again at the running back position, which is pretty much what we're seeing. There's a lot of variation with these running backs. They're starting basically at the 205 down to the 212, and you can see it with their high-low picks for this mock-up, basically. So it's pretty standard. Those would be the only two. And then I'm happy to see my boy uh, Izzy Abnaconda in the second round here because – My boy as well. My boy as well. I felt like I was just screaming into the ether there for a little bit, and no one was reciprocating. And then more and more people are starting to watch some film, and they're finally coming along. So. Yeah, I was I was just having this conversation uh, not too long ago, Nate. It's like, you know, I, I'm not I'm not as bit high on Charbonnet as you, but if Charbonnet is the one ten and Apiconda is the two oh nine, at that price, I'm taking Apiconda. Yeah, they're yeah, clo- no, they're a lot closer to me than that. Yeah, and that that's the thing is like the one thing I will give you, Sharp probably has fifteen pounds on yeah. Abnaconda, and they're probably going to run very similar forties. Would be my only statement with that. Abnaconda is not the most explosive guy. Um, I don't want to use the explosive. He doesn't have the top end speed to take the top off of a defense, but he's very good at intermediate acceleration. Um, again, I kind of explained it when I was talking about Tucker, his ability just to like hit a hole and hit it really freaking hard is really, really good. Um, and then just very underrated skill set. He wasn't asked to catch the ball a ton at Pitt, but he's very good if you watch his tape at catching the ball, exactly how Charbonnet is. And so it's just a classic, like, if someone tells you that someone's a bad receiver, like in the Sharb or Abnaconda or mm-hmm. Tajay Spears, they're just stat counters for me. And I know you haven't actually watched the film and you're just saying that they're a bad receiving profile because you've never actually watched them play. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anything else here in the second round before yep. we shift down? What, anything, Sorry, I, anything else in the second round before we shift down to the third? No, uh, I would say... I don't think Hooker's going to go in the second round. Um, I don't think Hooker's going to get as high of draft capital. Uh, Hendon Hooker at the quarterback position, he's going at, what is this, the 211 right here. I honestly don't think he's probably going to be a day two pick. I think he's probably going to be the beginning of the fourth round. Um, when you 
take a guy like Hooker who had one pretty solid year, including a bowl game the prior year as a sample size. And now is coming off of an ACL injury. He's going to be 26 as a starting rookie. If he were to actually come into the league. And then you look at guys with profiles last year, like Sam Howell, like Desmond Ritter, like uh, Malik Willis, who everyone loved those guys falling into late round three, early round four. I don't know how the NFL is going to respond then in taking a guy like hooker who, Yes, looked good in one year of production and a power five season, but is coming off an injury, an older prospect, and mm. should have been doing as good as he was with the weapons that we know he had. Understood. That's Going about the, it. Going to the third round here. Apologies for not reading the second for those just listening. Uh, 301, Dalton Kincaid, tight end. 302, Marvin Mims, wide receiver. 303, Kenny McIntosh, running back. 304, Tajay Spears. 305, Roshan Johnson. 306, Chase Brown. 307, Deuce Vaughn, 308, Darnell Washington, 309, Xavier Hutchinson, 310, Rakeem Jarrett, 311, Parker Washington, and 312, Eric Gray. Third round's juicy here. I think there's a lot of players that can move up and down. And I know for a fact, Dallas, from from listening to you and looking at your stuff, there's a couple of players in here that you think have no business in the third round. Uh, Let's start there. Yeah, uh, the no business in the third round for me, there are one, two, three... For five out of the 12 players that are in the third round are in my second tier of their respective position for my personal ranks right now. Um, Those players currently, Dalton Kincaid, uh, currently my tight end two who's flirting with tight end one. I currently have Mayer in his own tier above as just overall prospect great. Um, But everyone lauds Kincaid's ability to basically do everything Meyer can do at a slightly more athletic level. He just didn't have the same production in college. Um, Then you go to a guy like Ty J Spears, who's basically only question mark was how big are you? He answered that at the senior bowl. I assume he's going to measure pretty much the exact same, if not bigger when he comes to the actual combine this week, you have a guy in Deuce Vaughn, Kind of already lauded over him. I'm also a K-State alum, so I can tell you right now, if he's at the back end of the second round, I'm probably going to bite the bullet and pick him there, even if he's not worth it and gets day early day three capital, just because he's so fascinating to me as a prospect. He shouldn't be able to do what he's doing. Darnell Washington in the same tier as Dalton Kincaid for different reasons. He's probably the most versatile of the tight ends because you can legitimately use him as basically your swing tackle from any given play as an extra offensive lineman. And he's so big as the Mo Alley Cox that you could just tossing the ball in the end zone and pretty much guaranteed to have a touchdown. And then the one that physically pains me due to the fact that he's back-to-back Rakeem Jarrett at the 309 and 310 is Xavier Hutchinson, who i getting flack for this all offseason, but you you watch Xavier Hutchinson and you watch a guy like Quentin Johnson, and I would argue that Xavier Hutchinson can do pretty much everything that Quentin Johnson can do except for deep speed. That is the only thing that Quentin Johnson technically has over Xavier Hutchinson. Xavier Hutchinson better at contested catches in some situations than what you see with QJ. His ability to separate within five to 10 yards is better than QJ because QJ is a long strider compared to Xavier Hutchinson, even though Hutchinson is still also six, two and a half, almost six, three. So he's a guy that I, I know for a fact, I'm much higher on uh, than most when it comes to a production profile, he is going to be 23 as a rookie, which turns a lot of people off. But the biggest thing for him is like, he's a freaking contortionist. For those of you that have not watched a lot of Hutchinson tape, uh, you'll see 
a lot of OBJ-esque plays where he's just throwing his body. Or a Mike Evans might actually be a mm-hmm. better uh, better comp overall kind of to a guy like Xavier Hutchins and just kind of tossing his body all around. He basically was the Iowa State passing game this year and has been a 1,000-yard producer every year at Iowa State except for his first year there where he had like 700, I think, because he only played half the season. So he's just a guy that I love as an overall profile. Um, could he easily fall into like the David Bell category and no NFL team takes a flyer on him until the early fourth round? Absolutely. I see him more of falling into um, the, the player that I like him, liken him a lot to is actually Robert Woods. That's my okay. current op for him. Um, does a lot of the things that Robert Woods does very, very well. And people forget Robert Woods was a second round pick. He was a very consistent wide receiver, came in, just kind of didn't have a right situation in Buffalo, missed out a little bit. And then people forget he was basically wide receiver, what, like 10 to 14 for like a five year span. Yeah, for a while he was doing it, man. Un- underrated every year. Rams. Yeah, so that, that's kind of where I'm seeing a guy like Xavier Hutchinson, and I like him a lot compared to a lot of wide receivers that are above him in these ranks. So th- those are my guys that I'm like, what are you doing here? So Dalton Kincaid, Tajay Spears, mm-hmm. Deuce Vaughn, uh, then was it Xavier Hutchinson and Darnell Washington? And Darnell Washington. You're comfortable taking in the second. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can just tell you the guys that I wouldn't be drafting in general in this draft, most likely. Uh, if the difference in ADP is going to be a round between A-Chain and Vaughn, there's no way I'm taking A-Chain. I'm just going to wait and take Vaughn. If uh, I'm looking at the running back position, extremely sketchy to me, even with a guy that I like in Kendra Miller, that he's not running the 40 this week because of a supposed injury that popped up. I think he's avoiding the 40 more than anything. Uh, Looking at a guy kind of in the similar vein, uh, Zay Flowers, him going at the 204 compared to Marvin Mims, who's an entire round after him at the 302, probably going to take that drop off as well. And pretty much any of those running backs from like Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, Devin A-Chain, um, even Izzy being in the second round compared to like Ty J Spears, who I have in that same tier as those guys, I would just wait to see which one of those four to five running backs I'm going to end up getting. And I'm just flat out not going to be drafting Jalen Hyatt because I see more of like a Henry Ruggs type of skill set than I do a Jalen Waddle type of skill set when I'm looking at a guy like Jalen Hyatt. Love it. All right, so let's, let's close things out here. This is the fourth round. We haven't been doing a fourth round as much, but it's kind of more so understanding of like, Hey, this is the, the guys that are going after the third round. Uh, Luke Musgrave, tight end. Uh, Dwayne McBride, uh, Ibrahim, Tanner McGee, Chris Rodriguez, Nathaniel Dell, Stetson Bennett, Max Dugan, Tucker Kraft, uh, Andre, was it Iovis? What's, yeah. You, yeah. Yep. Um, Puka, uh, Jaden Reed, who I actually was a pretty big fan of. Um, any of these guys here in the fourth you think should be pushed up in the third, maybe even the second, or these guys that are – because we've really been doing three-round mock drafts. Yeah. Um, so like any of these guys that you're kind of surprised that are down here, does this kind of make sense to you? Um, the hype train that's been surrounding Luke Musgrave this offseason is kind of confusing if he's still in the average round of the fourth round. I think that's where he probably should be because he's a very raw and, in my opinion, not as athletic as he's – being hyped up to be, but I guess we're going to learn that here in two days. Um, so that's where I'm at with Musgrave. He kind of lands there. Uh, I think Mo Ibrahim's probably the most disrespected running back. People just don't want to talk about the fact that within 10 months, he came back from a completely torn uh, Achilles tendon in his uh, ankle 
and then proceeded to put up 1,300 rushing yards following that. Um, find me another running back that's done that. You won't be able to. Uh, and then Chris Rodriguez is a steady Eddie, but this feels about right for him. Um, Tank Dell with the hype that he's been getting this offseason, kind of surprising that he's here. And then the rest of the names on here are just kind of what I assume, hey, I saw this guy's name somewhere in a public NFL space over the last month, so I guess I should just take a flyer on him because I don't know the rest of the people not on this list. That's where <laughs> I kind of feel that those people are there because they're just names that you're hearing in this space. But, um, I mean, if you want, I can just do a quick rundown on these 12 players, just a quick little short notes or something like that in the fourth round to give the people what they need to know. Um, Musgrave, Oregon State, tight end, uh, is a big dude. Very raw, uh, basically only played 13 total games in his career at Oregon State, um, dealt with injuries and probably not as fast as people are hyping him up to be. Uh, Dwayne McBride's getting a lot of hype as a running back out of UAB. Not sure why, Dallas. Not sure uh, why. Again, uh, I posted this in our DWZ Patreon. If you guys aren't in there, get in there because I'm spitting facts like this all the time. But uh, worst receiving profile at the Combine Basically, history of any running back invited to the combine, if he is drafted, will have the worst receiving profile since the merger. Um, he caught five total passes for, I think it was 17 yards at his time in UAB. Um, atrocious. Uh, he's a great runner, but he did it at a very small school against bad competition and didn't really dominate. Um, Mo Ibrahim already touched on him, very disrespected. Tanner McKee, extremely overhyped for a guy that's very similar in that Stanford offense at the quarterback position um, to a guy like Davis Mills. They like to give those guys one year worth of playtime and then just kind of send them off into the NFL not ready, which is always funny to me. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is a year-in, year-out, four-year producer, a type of running back that I normally would love, but I'm kind of falling off of that train after the recent heartbreaks of a guy like uh, Michael Warren out of Cincinnati, a guy like last year in Kennedy Brooks, and even uh, Abram Smith, just not the type of mold that the NFL looks for. Uh, Nathaniel Dell does not have the physical makeup to last in the NFL. He is closely... Basically, the closest comp you can get to him is a guy like uh, DeAnthony Thomas, Black Mamba out of Oregon from, God, a decade ago, basically, that went to the Chiefs, was only a punt returner, and then did nothing. Uh, you hit a quarterback run with Stetson Bennett and Max Duggan, two quarterbacks that no one knows Ma- with, basically. Yeah, just names people know at this point. They're just Yeah, it, it's just guys. They're just super like, flex, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, Stetson Bennett's not going to make it in the NFL. He literally skipped his senior bowl invite to go out and party with his friends, so there's no fun. He knows this is it. He knows exactly. this is it. Yeah, and you don't do that if you're not there. Uh, Duggan's a good character guy, would be a good backup just to his athletic tools, but I think his ceiling is probably what we've seen from, like, a Taylor Heineke type of deal. Uh, Tucker Craft is a guy I'm actually interested in. I think he's probably going to be one of the most athletic tight ends testing at the combine this week. So that's pretty interesting, but I don't think he's going to get insanely high draft capital. So he's just kind of a name. Uh, Elosivis out of Princeton, athletic freak. Um, but he basically he's small school Alec Pierce from last year is what I'll say. He's a big dude. That's fast, pretty good at intermediate routes, but he just doesn't have it, uh, which I'll just, say it in air quotes for those of you not watching on uh, YouTube mm-hmm. here on the stream. Uh, and then Puka Nuka is actually a really good yak wide receiver out of BYU. He um, actually lit it up on Zach Wilson's last year in BYU. Um, but kind of a smaller guy. Don't know how he's going to land. And then Jane Reed is intriguing. I hate the comps of him to the bears in the second round though, because that is not the type of wide receiver that we need. Basically, just a redundant. Uh, if you're looking at a guy, 
Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, if you're looking at a guy who has the same type of profile makeup as like a Darnell Mooney, but with another 10 pounds to him, you're looking at Jaden Reed. Um, I'm trying to remember what the actual comp I had for him was. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I did. Oh, this is going to kill me. Um, uh, t- Tylen Wallace, but with like slightly more speed is Not basically good. where Not I great. had. Not great. Not great. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's just rounding out the fourth round of what we're saying. Uh, just looking in the fifth round, I can tell you right now when drafts start immediately following the com- uh, immediately following the NFL draft, Tyler Scott will be in the first four rounds of the draft. But he just did you see he got drafted by the USFL like no picks like number six overall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I saw that and I was like, yeah, that, that's cute. I'm just letting you know he's probably going like second or third round in the actual NFL. Yeah, draft. He's fast, dude's fast. Well, uh, I would argue. Uh, so I I was talking to um, Shane Hallam about this actually. My pick for fastest wide receiver is actually his teammate Trey Tucker because okay. if you watch him on film, Trey Tucker actually looks a little bit faster than Tyler Scott. He just is about five pounds heavier, so people think that that big boy isn't moving quite as fast as Tyler Scott is so understood understood yeah. uh, before we wrap up here any other other kind of deep cut names you haven't touched on that you think have a real shot at you know at least should be being drafted in the first four rounds uh yeah I didn't bring up his name but uh Kenny McIntosh is 303 feels about right for him I think a team is probably going to take him a little bit higher than people think he's actually going to go um I did see that Jake Hayner was way down on the list in the ADP, which I thought was kind of funny because that's actually, he's in my, yeah, I mean, he is free and he's in my second tier of quarterbacks and I have him technically ahead of Anthony Richardson just because there's absolutely no reason that he couldn't do exactly what you're seeing from like a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Mac Jones or a Bailey Zappi in the NFL. Safer, uh, it's a safer pick. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a career backup in the league for probably 10 years. And when he starts will be very good. Um, that was one. And then the two guys I think that are off the list that I'm actually very excited to see what kind of happens with. I was surprised. Oh, no. I was surprised at this one. A.T. Perry will be a top four round pick. And then uh, the other one was Justin Shorter. Uh, I normally am not in on projection guys, but if there's a guy that has literally every athletic tool and actual like route running ability tool uh, on this list of players that is what how many like geez like 60 long basically yeah, yeah, exactly. rounds. uh it's justin shorter he's an athletic freak he was dealing with injuries the way i described it in my podcast is that if you're concerned about like injury issues with a cedric tillman you say he's like made out of glass after the last couple of years justin shorter is made of the sand sediments that make up that glass is how i describe <laughs> it he uh he's very fragile but it's because he's so damn physical he probably has the closest makeup to like a debo samuel in this class from an athletic and actual on the field skill set i just don't think he's going to actually last in the nfl due to his injuries and then um like tight end coons like we're expecting a fast 40 time are we not mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Zach Coons. I don't know if he is working out though. Okay, the only thing. I don't know that he's running the 40 because he went down at old dominion after just lighting it up earlier this season with an undisclosed injury. But if you watch the play that he got hurt on, it was either a knee injury or an ankle injury. It was one of the two and they immediately ruled him out a day after without like an MRI or anything like that, but they refused to basically talk it up. So I think he's doing some of the upper body stuff, but I don't think he's doing any of the lower body stuff. He's a good one. Um, 
Tavion Thomas is going to come in looking like Ramondre Stevenson, probably test very similar to him. So if you're looking for just like a big boy bruising running back, the guy out of Utah, um, he's a very savvy runner too. So he's a name to just kind of pay attention to. And then, uh, I get, yeah, there's a lot of these guys. Do, do, do you, want, you want me to give you a second for your boy X Valaday here? <laughs> I was going to bring it up. Yeah, dude, the, the one that just – grinds my he's not coming to the combine is he no he got snubbed from the combine over a freaking north dakota state university fullback with 400 career yards and this man has three 1000 yard rushing seasons and over 900 receiving yards in the last two years and you're telling me he's not at the combine you guys are high uh, that would just grinds my gears beyond belief. And then DTR is another quarterback that I guarantee ends up having um, some spot starts that will flash in the NFL very similarly to a guy like Tyler Huntley. Um, got a s- very similar skill set to Huntley, but a little bit more athletic. And I don't know why he's not talked about as much as he is. Um, he's not talked about at all. Like, yeah, really at all for being an athletic scrambler which is the prototype that a lot of people are looking for, but also having the ball production and doing all of that multi-purpose yards through the air type of deal that he did with basically no wide receivers to name. So that's just would be my one statement on a DTR. I like him a lot, but yeah, it's, it, it, this will change a lot come post-draft would be my one advice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but this, this is a, uh, as we say, uh, wrapping up the, the pre-combine ADP. Things will shift, but it's always interesting for us to come back and see how things changed. All right. That is going to do it for the Dynasty Digest episode here, reviewing our pre-combine rookie ADP. Dallas, as always, thanks for coming on the show. Always great to chop it up with you. Love to hear your perspective on these rookies. Uh, real quick, if you could plug the Twitter and, and plug the work. Yeah, uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards with the double L. Um, as Tyler had alluded to at the beginning of the show, I am a member of the DWZ Network along with Mr. Tyler. I am the host of the Rookie Rundown. Uh, episodes drop every Sunday night or Monday morning, depending on Memphis's schedule typically. Um, and I cover basically everything about rookies. I am in the thick of basically um, the Carousel Free Agent Edition and how the free agency outlook for the running back, wide receiver, and quarterback position is going to to shape the landscape of the draft. So if that intrigues you, that will be my next couple of episodes. I actually just dropped the running back episode this prior week that you are listening to this. Make sure you check it out, folks. Dallas has great work over there. As always, um, please check the Discord link. It will be in the description here. Join the Discord. Great mocks, great conversations over there. Also, if you're on this, if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. If you're not on YouTube, do us a favor. Open up YouTube. Subscribe. JWB Fantasy Football. It does a lot of help for us over here. Um, moving forward, you're going to be seeing my face a little bit more. I took uh, January and February off, as I usually do, from the grind. Uh, but you'll be getting content from me uh, on Saturday going forward. Um, and actually, JWB, um, we're going to have a full Dynasty Digest daily uh, for the whole month of March. We're going to have a show every single day for the month of March. Trying That's to do as much rookie combine Dynasty content. As possible. You can find me on Twitter at FF Tyler O. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later.